Welcome back to Goal Line Stuff, the show where we talk about anything and everything football related. I'm Alex Kjorktrieff. And I'm Michael San Antonio. And boy, do we have a show for you today. First, we will be going over the Thursday night football game just past uh, Dolphins versus Ravens. Pretty crazy game and a surprise winner in that one. All of that we will get to in a second. But after that, we will talk about Alvin Kamara his injury, and how that affects the Saints for the rest of the season. We will be talking about Cam Newton going back to the Panthers. We will be talking about the Rams, the OBJ signing, and if we think they're the best team in the NFL. And then after that, we're going to talk about the Chiefs a little bit, Patrick Mahomes, and then a couple of game predictions for this Week 10 NFL Sunday. Alex, are you ready? Absolutely. Okay. Let's first get into this Thursday night football game. I was pretty confident that the Ravens would win this. And looking at it, the Dolphins have not been good this year. Two was out. You got Jacoby Brissett as your starting quarterback. Not a lot was looking right for the Dolphins coming into this matchup. Yet look at the scoreboard and they won by over a score. This pretty crazy game. Any thoughts on this one, Alex? I think it's something with that Florida weather that just trips teams up, especially cold weather teams. The Ravens are used to playing in in colder weather than Miami. It, the same, you saw the same thing happen with the Packers uh, mm-hmm. in week one when they had to play in Jacksonville because of the, the hurricane in New Orleans. So I think that that kind of just threw off the, the Ravens. But I, I was also very surprised with the outcome. You, the Ravens were one of the best teams in the league and are one of the best teams in the league, whereas the Dolphins are one of the worst teams in the league and are headed for a top three pick if they had their own pick. But I, it just doesn't make sense to me how, how the Ravens lost, even though the weather is different. Yeah, very well said. I think we were both very surprised at the outcome of this game. And I think America was too. And even everyone around the world who's interested in football was surprised that the Ravens lost this one. The Ravens going in, uh, we've talked about Lamar in past episodes. He's an MVP candidate. He's been fantastic this year. And he didn't look all that great, but just the offense and the defense in general wasn't playing up to par. The Dolphins actually looked pretty good. And one thing before, you know, if we talk any more about the game, one thing I just want to mention first off, that Robert Hunt play was spectacular. That was incredible. Could have been one of the plays of the century if he scored the <laughs> touchdown. He didn't, but still, uh, what an entertaining video that is to watch over and over again. See him cut up field like a running back, this big, big 300, 350-pound guy looking like Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> Just incredible. It, so, it was uh, so funny. to him for making that play. It was so funny. They were running a screenplay, and I'm puzzled as to why it happened because Miles Gaskin was right next to him, wide open, just ready to catch the ball. And I, I guess it was pure instinct out of Robert Hunt, but I, I guess he just saw the ball and he was like, oh, ball, I'll catch it and run, even though Miles Gaskin totally could have gotten the, the pass and scored. But and, and then the way Robert Hunt got helicoptered into the end zone, it, it was just hysterical. One of my I just wish he made it. I just, I just wish he made it. I mean, he did make it. He just wasn't eligible because he's a, eligible because he's a lineman. I thought the ball didn't make it over, but yeah, still, it's <laughs> just a funny play in general. Yeah, Miles Gaskin didn't have that great of a game. 
he's had an interesting season. Uh, you know, the, the Dolphins, I just, I'm still very surprised they won that game. On offense, especially without Tua, there's just not a lot that looks right it's on the offense. It's questionable what they're doing with Tua. It feels like they're just trying to kill every bit of confidence he has. He's injured with a broken fi- a broken middle finger, and yet they're only rostering two quarterbacks. They have Brissett and then no one else. They have to play Tua as their backup quarterback in case something happens with Brissett, which mm-hmm. is exactly what happened this game. Tua had to play the second half, which – it, it doesn't make sense. Why would you have Tua and then just play him through injury with giving him limited weapons, which granted you can't do much about that midseason, but it, it's just, it, it seems like the easiest way to kill a young quarterback. And I think Tua is going to get traded this off season. I don't think he'll get traded. I actually think he's going to be staying with the dolphins for a year or two more, but I definitely don't think they value him as a franchise quarterback he hasn't played up to par with you know he was drafted fifth overall and a lot of people thought he would be pretty good coming out of Alabama he had he had a pretty good college career after he took over for Jalen Hurts and coming into the NFL he just hasn't looked that great and then this injury that you know him being injured for many games this season isn't helping his case at all so I just I'm just like I said, I'm, I'm very surprised. The Ravens, this is their third game they've dropped. Is that correct? Um, that sounds right. <laughs> and I would like to continue saying I think that they're going to win their division. But if they keep dropping easy games like this, this is definitely considered an easy game. Then they're going to have a lot of trouble uh, winning their division. I believe that the Steelers, the Browns, and – the Bengals are all one game behind. Maybe one of them's two games behind. Don't don't quote me on that exactly, but they are like neck and neck. That division is very close right now, very competitive. So the Ravens need to start winning these easy games. And I don't think this is an issue. I just think this was a just a bad game. Like you said, the, the Florida weather got them a little bit. But yeah, I was very surprised by that outcome. Yeah. Uh, I have one last thing to say about the, the Tua situation. You have him and then you start, you, you play him because Brissett can't play. But mm-hmm. then Brissett's good to go back in and you just say, no, Tua's going to play the rest of the game with a broken finger. It it ended up turning out well with the, with the Dolphins, but it's just questionable. Tua won the game and he played well. Not as well as he probably could have if he was healthy, but he did play well enough to win the game. It's just poor management of your supposed franchise quarterback i don't get it well i don't he's he's not a franchise quarterback and that's what i'm saying i don't think flores i don't think the organization values him as that looking at this i think flores was like this is a game we can win Tua's going to give us the shot to win this game i don't think Brissett gives them that same shot to win the game even though i do like jacoby Brissett, i think he's a pretty good backup so i mean I get what you're saying. I just don't think they value him as a franchise guy. And ultimately that's what they made their decision based off. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be on a different team next year. Someone that actually values him as a franchise quarterback. Yeah, we'll have to see. Be very interesting to see him on a different team. Uh, Next, I think let's just uh, transition into the Alvin Kamara news. This is a pretty big injury. Uh, do you know how long he's supposed to be out, or is this, you know, there's, is that information? There's nothing oh. definite right now. Last last week, around Monday, so, 
Sunday, Monday, it came out that Alvin Kamara was banged up and got injured during the the past game. And this week they announced that he's out. And it it's not known how long he's going to be out. But you do feel for the Saints because you come in with the expectations this season of your your three-headed monster of Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas, and you end up with Trevor Simeon, Mark Ingram, and Marquez Callaway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a rough scene in New Orleans right now. I do want to say, though, I think Mark Ingram, as old as he is, he's not the same running back he was in 2017. I think you can be pretty comfortable starting him for a game or two. Yeah, no, I don't think the Saints should be worried about their run game. Their passing offense is going to be ugly. Very ugly with Trevor Simeon minus Alvin Kamara. You oh, don't yeah. have a single NFL caliber wide receiver out there. Can, can I just say, like I said last week, I think this offense needs Taysom Hill. I, I think, think it, I think at this point it might. With, when you don't have Alvin Kamara, I think you do need to play Taysom Hill. You definitely do because – like you said, there's no – I mean, there are starting caliber receivers on this team. I, I would say Marquez Callaway could be a, a, a mediocre wide receiver three. Cal, Callaway teams. is decent. Callaway is decent. He's decent. Deontay Harris is just fast. He's, he's nothing special, nothing crazy. I think all. Harris could definitely develop into something. The he way could, but fast. right now he's not it. Right now he's if he I wouldn't polishes, start him. He's not starting on most teams. If he right polishes now, so. up his route running, he could be something special maybe I, I don't know I mean that that's a big maybe in my opinion I think he has a lot to work on but l- like I said let's let's not get off topic um yeah there's not that many weapons on that offense especially with Kamara gone Taysom Hill what he can do on the ground he's, he's not the best passer he's a very interesting player to say the least he he's kind of like a jack of all trades and putting him in at quarterback, he will just run. He he will operate an offense like the Saints have never used before. I mean, we saw Taysom do it last year, but it'll be a completely different look. And I think it'll really open them up. I think they'll have chances to win some games that they wouldn't have without Taysom, with, with Simeon instead of him. So, yeah, I think they just have to make this move. Uh, the Camara news is sad, though. I really hope he'll be okay. He's such a fun player to watch. Such a great player. I think the thing with Taysom Hill is that you can't have him as your everyday starter, but if you put him in for a drive a game, a a few plays every now and then, he can definitely spice up your offense and make it a lot more unpredictable and bring you a lot of success that way. But he cannot be your quarterback, in my opinion. I disagree. And I think long-term quarterback, yeah, no. I'm not starting Taysom Hill for over 10 – not 10, for – even eight games. I, I would not start him for an eight game stretch. I'm saying for these next three weeks, maybe four weeks until Kamara's back until some of the other options are back, I would give him a shot just because we saw last year. I mean, the Eagles did beat the saints last year uh, when Taysom was the starter, but still we saw last year uh, Taysom looked pretty good when he was the starter and it wasn't what he was doing with his arm uh, with the plays he was making. He, he was just keeping the ball uh, doing some interesting runs he really was transforming, I guess, the way that Sean Payton op- operated the offense. I just think that's what they need right now. I don't think Simeon's going to cut it, especially looking at this week, playing the seven and two Titans. I think this is a loss if Trevor Simeon's the quarterback. I can't see a way that Trevor Simeon gets the win. I think Taysom Hill gives them a, a slight chance. I think it's game. a loss no matter what. The Titans defense is red hot right now. They are on fire. I don't know how. 
Jeffrey Simmons is playing the way he always has. Uh, Danico Autry is playing really well. Kevin Byard found his form, and they're just mauling teams. It's pretty surprising, in my opinion. A, a defense that I thought was atrocious, atrocious coming into this <laughs> year, and even through the couple of weeks, I was like, "This defense is awful." Saw week one, the Cardinals steamrolled them, but they've really—I mean, they've really found themselves. Mike Rabel is a great coach. And I think it's showing right now with the Titans record. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting look though. Uh, what's going to happen with the saints. Do you think Alvin Kamara is one of the best running backs in the league, Alex? I think that's a ridiculous question. <laughs> I know, but I just want to talk about it. There's a lot of great running backs. Of course most he's people, one of the best. I just want to say most people have Derek Henry, Dalvin cook, Nick Chubb, possibly another person over Kamara. What do you think about that? Please. I think I think the, the, your top three right now is going to be wh- when they're all healthy. I'm taking Derrick Henry. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey. I'm taking Alvin Kamara. That's my top three. And Fair. But I, I personally value receiving and a running back more. But Derrick Henry mm-hmm. is just so otherworldly good that it, I have to ignore that with him. He is an offense. Yep, he is. And I agree with you about the receiving aspect. I think – a lot of people look at Derrick Henry's rushing yards and they're like, oh, he's 200, 300 yards above every other running back. And yeah, that's that's insanely impressive. But then you also have to take into account that Jonathan Taylor has 200 more receiving yards than Derrick Henry has. That Christian McCaffrey, not half, but a good portion of his you know, production over the years is just receiving. Uh, same with some other back. Kamara obviously is the the main receiving back. I think, I think half is accurate. I think Christian McCaffrey won a thousand thousand one year. He, he won a uh, 1300 and a thousand. So not quite half. I, I think it's, but yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. going to, not going to be picky about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I do agree with you there. I think Camara people undersell Camara because he doesn't get as many rushing attempts as other running backs. And I think that's wrong. I think he's a top three back in the league. Chubb is in that conversation too. Just Kamara, I think, has to be a top three back in the league. I think everybody should think that. And he's proved it year in and year out. He stayed fairly healthy. So this injury definitely is not good for the Saints, but, you know, hopefully he'll be back soon. I agree. Okay. Uh, Let's transition into some pretty big news. Uh, Cam Newton signing with the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, Cam is one of the most iconic Panthers to ever play. Even though he didn't win that Super Bowl, you know, he had that MVP season 2015. So a lot of Carolina fans are pretty happy about this. And I personally think that this is a great signing. I am a Cam Newton fan. Not really. I don't like him. But as a player, I still think he has a little left in the tank. I think, Alex, you may disagree with me, but I'm just going to say my opinion real quick. Sam Darnold has looked atrocious. He's looked awful and this is something i've been saying i you know the jets are an awful offense they with uh, adam gase as a coach you as a player it's hard to develop as a quarterback as any sort of player it's hard to develop and show your true potential under adam gase and such an awful situation but sam darnold was just making awful decisions as well there were times when receivers were open he was just overthrowing them times when he was just throwing it right to the defender there were times when he just wasn't taking the open pass when he was seeing ghosts on the field. <laughs> Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback and it's showing right now. The Panthers 
were the biggest pretenders in the first couple of weeks of the season. And right now with Darnold out, they really need a quarterback. PJ Walker is not going to cut it. I think Cam is a bottom starter in the league. He's not one of the best starters in the league, but I still think he has a little bit left in the tank. He wasn't actually that bad last season. So yeah, I know you're going to disagree with me, but uh, what do you think about that, Alex? I'll tell you what, you know me very well because I 100% disagree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with your sentiment that Sam Darnold is awful and I think is beyond repair. Yeah. But Cam Newton is far from the answer. There's a reason he got cut one day before the season started or one week before the season started, whatever it was. There's a reason he got cut over a rookie quarterback. And let me tell you that reason real quick. The reason is, is because Cam, I don't know if he's vaccinated or not. I think he's unvaccinated, but we're not going to talk about he, that. He did get vaccinated. After, he did? Okay, yeah, good. To, to I, get, I just want to make get sure back into the league. He was not following COVID protocol. And he got, you know, he had to stay away from practice for a week or two because of that. I don't think Belichick was, you know, dealing with any of that. I don't think he was, you know okay with cam missing practice before right before the season started i don't think he was okay with the way cam was handling himself in off season in training camp so i think that's the reason why cam was cut a couple days before the season started i don't think it was anything about mac jones i just think that mac jones was composing himself better and belichick decided hey it's time to just move on from cam and just see what we got with this rookie i don't think it has anything to do with the type of player cam is i still think he can be a starter in this league. I don't think he's a long-term solution, but he was pretty good last year, Alex. Not, he wasn't, he wasn't no. great. He, would, no, no, he wasn't no. great, but his performance was good considering what he had. He was not good last year, not by any means. His, this by week, far his best weapon was Jacoby Myers, who would be the fourth or fifth best weapon which on most Which I teams. will acknowledge, he had an awful supporting cast, but that doesn't mean he wasn't, throwing worm balls all the time he was simply not good I think the shoulder injury he got in his last couple years with Carolina was the end of his career as a good quarterback in the NFL this move is pure fan service you have an equal chance of winning with Cam Newton as you do with PJ Walker I disagree I disagree this is fan service in a in a way this is definitely something to get the fans pumped up again. I think, you know, Carolina uh, rule knows that this season is over. I'm pretty sure. I think the whole organization knows that they're not making the playoffs after, you know, the last couple of weeks. So yeah, they're, they're bringing cam back. They're hoping to get some fans hype again to watch Panthers games. Cause it's been pretty rough, but I think cam is way a, a much better quarterback than PJ Walker. I think cam is, He's better than Jalen Hurts. Cam, he, I don't not, so. he doesn't have more potential than Jalen Hurts, but as a passer, Cam's arm is better than Jalen Hurts' is. I don't and think so. It is. I'm, I'm just saying so. it is. Jalen Hurts is not a good passer. Cam Newton I, is can, not a good passer with me, anymore. He's, he's not a good passer, but he still has some arm talent. He, Cam Newton. Not the most accurate. He still has some arm talent. And on the ground, he's, he's still huge. He's still pretty fast. He's still able to carry the ball for some touchdowns for some, you know, good carries. So I just think, you know, I don't, I don't know if we're going to agree. We're not going to agree on this, but I think that 
we should just see what see what he could do. Uh, they have some weapons. Robbie Anderson is totally just getting underutilized and just being left out there. He hasn't played the best, but he's still not an awful receiver. So Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, CMC. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think Cam has ever been an elite passer of the ball. And with all the injuries he sustained, he has gotten so much worse. And I, I don't think he'll make it the full time that he'll be starting. Like once they start him, he'll only last a couple of games because he's not good. We'll see. I think, I guess that's a fair take. I don't know. It depends when Darnold comes back. I think Cam may start for a couple games. And if Darnold comes back, they may try to give Darnold the start again. I just don't know. But yeah, um, that that's interesting to see. I think we disagree on Cam. I still think he's, I don't think he's think? a good quarterback, but yeah, it's an okay quarterback. And I think, I mean, I'm excited to see what he could do with a lot of weapons in Carolina. Okay. Speaking of, of the big news that happened this week, another huge signing to no one's surprise, actually to everyone's surprise, but also to nobody's surprise because the Rams get everybody. Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Rams after being cut by the Browns. What do you have to say about this? Uh, I'm very surprised and I know I shouldn't be, but the Rams just keep making these, these big moves to, to Sean McVay and the Rams organization is proving that they are in it to win it this year. I know I keep saying that, but it's true. And it just keeps showing what I think of this move. Uh, personally, I think that Odell still has a lot left in the tank. If he could be utilized correctly, if he could stay healthy, I just don't think this is the best situation for him as a player. He's going to be the wide receiver three on the Rams, which is crazy. Odell would be the wide receiver one still on a couple teams, especially if he's healthy, he could be the wide receiver one on, on a majority of the teams in the league. Um, I don't think he'll be that though. I don't think he'll play up to that standard, but you know, being the wide receiver three, I don't think he'll be happy. He'll be third in targets possibly fourth you know Higby's not that great but still you never know uh this definitely puts a dent in Cooper Cup's production although I, I don't think that'll I don't think that'll go and take into account as much this season if Odell is it a one-year deal it is okay that's what I thought so yeah it's a one-year deal I think worth three and a half four and a half million which isn't a lot um I think Odell's just wants the ring uh the Rams want him He'll definitely help this offense and Stafford a little bit, but I wouldn't expect elite production from him or anything like that. I just think this is a nice signing. And if it works out, this could be huge for the Rams long-term if he, you know, decides to stay after this season. Yeah. A report came out that it was down to the Packers and the Rams for Odell, mm-hmm. but the the Packers didn't really seem all in on him. They, they were going to give him the vet minimum salary and they didn't really have anything planned for him just that he would be another receiver a million times more talented than the other guys they have in Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, who are all just guys, basically. Can I interject for, for one second? Yes. I, I think that's foolish by the Packers. I really do. Rodgers I think it is, too. Looking I, for a weapon for so long. And you have all these guys. Alan Lazard isn't that bad. Uh, MVS is fast. He could, you know, burn the defense, burn corners. But they don't have, you know, Devontae Adams is – the best receiver in the league. But besides that, 
they need another guy. And Odell is just so talented with Rodgers. The sky's the limit with those two. So I think they missed out on an opportunity there. I think they missed out big. But as I was saying, Sean McVay had a meeting with Odell and explicitly told him all the different ways that he would involve Odell in the offense. And there's definitely a big role for Odell there because Van Jefferson, who was the the previous wide receiver three before they signed Odell, ran a route on 97% of snaps he was in against uh, the Titans last week. And so there is clearly space for Odell in this offense. But I, I And I think it makes Odell easily a top two wide receiver three in the league. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the wide receiver three kind of, I just want to say, I did, I totally, I don't know what happened with me, but I did not think of the consequences with Van Jefferson. He's been playing well this year. So actually, I don't even know. I think it could be possible that Odell doesn't play over Van Jefferson for at least this first stretch. If the Rams make the playoffs, which they will, Odell will definitely see a lot more looks, but I definitely think that Sean McVay is not going to, you know, take Van Jefferson out of the game and take away a bunch of his snaps to start off. I think he'll kind of ease Odell into it just because Van Jefferson's just a capable receiver himself, you know. Odell is playing on Monday. <laughs> He's playing? He's He wants to play. I think he he'll play, play, but I'm Monday. just saying him playing, I think he'll have three catches, 32 yards. Maybe they'll try to get him a touchdown. Oh, like so, so very similar to Cleveland. <laughs> uh, well, at first, but then, yeah, McVay's definitely going to try to get him the ball more. Just make him feel honored. And even if he doesn't feel honored, well, he'll probably win a ring or he'll have a good shot at it on the ramp. So McVay is a wizard, for. man. He is a wizard. Anyway, like you just said, maybe 30 seconds ago, he would be the second best wide receiver, two in the league. And I, I wide receiver three, sorry slipped up words the best wide receiver three in the league in my opinion is actually it's not even my opinion it's just like I think it's everyone agrees is Antonio Brown and (laughs) I think I know this is you know taking away from our convo a little bit but I I just want to say this I think Antonio Brown is actually the best receiver on the Buccaneers when fully healthy I know that's a hot take I know I don't give Mike Evans as much credit as he deserves. Maybe I don't give Chris Godwin as much credit either. They're all borderline or elite receivers. So, you know, I'll I'll go out and say that. But I think Antonio Brown, you know, I know he's been injured, but he's really proved he's still one of the best receivers in the league this season when he's been healthy. I agree with that. I think that everybody kind of wrote off Antonio Brown after everything happened with him. He took a year off for the – basically a year off a year and a half actually because he didn't play with Tampa until halfway through last year so everybody just forgot about how good Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown has barely lost a step the only reason he's not putting up monster numbers with Tom Brady is because they have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and I'm gonna disagree with you that AB is still the best receiver on that team I think Mike Evans at this point in AB's career is is better than him but it's very close. I think Antonio Brown on any given team would be wide receiver two, at least if not wide receiver one. And those wide receiver two teams are exceptions like the Packers who have Devontae Adams or the Cardinals who have Hopkins teams like that. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a fair point. Evans definitely, definitely is, you know, up there in the combo for receivers in the league right now. I just, looking at the numbers, looking at what AB has done when he's been healthy this year, keyword healthy, 
because he's been very unhealthy this year, which is not good for his case. But he's, I think, maybe I'm wrong, but in the games I've seen at least, AB has been the overall highest producer on the Bucks. Week one, he had that huge game. He's Uh, been dominant. Against the Eagles, he had the big game. So, yeah, he's statistics or statistically he would I think be if he played every game this season I'm just gonna ballpark what I think he'd probably have 1500 1600 yards 12 13 touchdowns still at you know he's 33 right now I'm pretty sure so yeah I I just I think at least that's a convo to have I don't disagree with you that Mike Evans is better I mean I did say AB's better but that's a it's very close I just think people need to give AB a little bit more credit for how good he's been this year. And I think he would have been that this good last year too, if Bruce Arians didn't ease him in, you know, he eased Fournette and AB into this offense. He made them work for it. And he made them prove that they were the guys that deserved the starting spots and deserved all the snaps. And they both have looked really good this year. Yeah. I don't think there's much else to say about that. So we're going to go into a, our main segment today about a team and a little more specifically a player that's been very polarizing in the past and this year, especially Um, Michael, should we be worried about the Kansas city chiefs? Yes, we should. And I'm surprised to say that because this is a team that I've kind of defended over and over again. It's like they have Pat Mahomes, they have Travis Kelsey, they have Tyree kill. They have Tyron Matthew on the defense. You know, the defense is awful, but let's not talk about that. But I've been defending them, defending them, defending them. And then Mahomes, especially this week, just I was like, what is happening, Patrick Mahomes? What is happening with this offense? Just I I think they're in trouble. I don't think Mahomes is in trouble career-wise. I mean, he's not. He's still the best or, you know, I, I don't know, maybe not the best anymore, but one of the best quarterbacks in the league maybe still the best. That's just such a tough conversation to have. Easily top three. Yeah, no, he's not out of the top three, even with how awful he's been the last couple of weeks. But just for me, the thing that is that, in my opinion, is such a major red flag that makes me feel like the Chiefs are definitely in trouble is the way that Patrick Mahomes in that offense played against the Packers defense, which isn't anything crazy. Um, Pat Mahomes was not taking any risks. It's like he was afraid to make mistakes. He was taking, you know, easy passes, which he looked he looked like he was scared out there. He was nervous. I'm pretty sure his yards per attempt as well as his, you know, yards per completion were just, I don't even know what they were, but I'm pretty sure they were under 10. He was just having a really weird game. This is a guy we see, you know, uh, throw the ball downfield four, five, six times a game in past years big playmaker, huge arm, not afraid to take risks. And that's why, you know, everyone was looking at him like, wow, this, this kid is special. And to see him play a game like that, so ugly, so unwilling to take risks. And, you know, he, he looked awful out there. I just don't know. I think they really need to change things around and play like they used to. And I just don't know if they'll be able to do that with the way things have been going. I think you're underselling the Packers defense because the Packers defense is very good. They're a lot better than I thought they'd be. But I do agree with you generally on, on your take on Mahomes. Um, I, I think nobody is surprised that it's a down year for the Chiefs because the Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. It is. 
but it's extremely surprising how much of a down year it is for them. That offense is shades of what it used to be. And they're, they're just not the same offense anymore. That their run game isn't good. Their passing game is nowhere near as explosive as it's been. And I agree with you that I think Mahomes is in his head. It, it sounds really dumb to be honest, to know that an athlete is in his head because obviously I I've never spoken to the, the guy, but he's it just looks like he's playing like he's in his head their their offense is they're they're not taking the risk they should be just like you said and I think that if Aaron Rodgers had played on Sunday that game would have been a blowout which is it crazy would have been a blowout say, which is yeah. crazy to say because the Chiefs were the powerhouse of the last couple of years and it's just Mahomes is making dumb mistakes throwing passes that he shouldn't be throwing they're they're not passes that are have a high chance of getting completed and don't even get me started on the defense the defense is atrocious they've been playing a little better they played a little better against the Packers because the Packers had no competent offense because Jordan Love who hasn't gotten meaningful reps practically ever playing in his first game on short notice with Aaron Rodgers having COVID earlier in the week Mm mm-hmm that that was just a, a perfect opportunity for the Chiefs defense to get back on track. We'll have to see what they do with that. But any team that's starting Daniel Sorensen should not be anywhere near the top defense discussion. And as a result, the Chiefs aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Daniel Sorensen is awful. <laughs> that's just a thing that's just been going around NFL fans. I've seen probably six, seven highlight clips with Daniel Sorensen just being on the other end, missing a tackle or just not, you know, keeping up with his guy in coverage. He, I'm pretty sure has one of the worst, you know, one of the worst defensive ratings of a, of a defensive player in the last couple of years by PFF. I'm pretty sure I heard someone say something like that. So yeah, he's just been awful. And I'm pretty sure they're not even starting him right now. I'm pretty they sure they're starting Thornhill, right? They are. And I can't believe that Spags isn't starting Thornhill. That's what I was about to say. Spags uh, is a yeah. good defensive coordinator, yet he's not seeing that Juan Thornhill is easily the better player between him and Sorensen. And the the clips of Tyra Matthew getting angry at Daniel Sorensen are hilarious to me. And there, there's like there's just turmoil going on there. It, it doesn't seem like they're getting along well. And they barely beat the Giants. It's it's scary how far they've fallen. And I think they'll get back on track next year. But this year, it just isn't happening. I don't know that they'll even make the playoffs this year. Yeah, it's definitely in jeopardy for them. And I know we talked about Mahomes being awful and we talked about the defense being awful. But I just want to say, I think it's pretty much every aspect of this team right now is just underplaying. Yeah, Daryl Williams actually, and you know, uh, what is it, Derek Gore? Derek Gore, I'm pretty sure. They both looked pretty good when they were running the ball. So I definitely do think that, you know, on the ground, at least they looked all right. But Tyree Kill has had drops this year. He's been locked up by mediocre corners this season. He just, I feel like teams have really zoned in and tried to, you know, find ways to guard Tyree Kill. And it's worked at least for some of the games. I know he had that huge game against the Eagles. That doesn't Uh, Kelsey. Looks like age might be catching up to him. I don't think it is. I think that's partly the offense looking awful, but he's having a down year, at least as of recent. This O-line that we thought was going to be so good coming into the season has really underperformed. Orlando Brown Jr. hasn't looked like a superstar. He's looked decent, but not like a superstar. 
Same with Joe Thune, uh, Tooney, sorry. Uh, Trey Smith has looked pretty good for, they got him so late, but still just this line has underperformed, like I said, and the defense has really underperformed. Everyone is just underperformed. So I think, you know, I think if everyone is performing like they did in past years, I think Pat Mahomes would definitely be having a better year right now. But I think this definitely just shows that, you know, even the most talented players, even, you know, Pat Mahomes, who looked like the greatest quarterback in NFL history in past years, even they can play bad if everyone else is playing bad. I just, um, I just wanted to put that out there. I was obviously kidding when I said the Tyreek Hill's big game against the Eagles doesn't count, but the Eagles do have a defense that looks like a JV high school team. <laughs> Sometimes we looked, we looked no, like no, the greatest always. team ever against the Lions. So and and the Falcons, yeah. True. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Two, two spectacular teams that the Eagles beat. But I don't <laughs> I don't know that there's a spot in the playoffs for the Chiefs. I think the three wildcard teams are gonna be New England, Indianapolis, and the Raiders come the end of the season and the chiefs the chiefs schedule is rough towards the now until the end of the season they play uh the raiders twice dallas denver the chargers pittsburgh cincinnati and denver again so that's not an easy schedule especially for a team that that seems to be reeling they have two straight wins but I wouldn't call those impressive wins by any means. You can't you be beat, happy with those wins. You beat the Giants by three, and then the, the Jordan Love-led Packers by six? That does not inspire confidence in me if I'm a Chiefs fan. And so I would be worried. Yeah, I definitely think – I'm. I mean, before earlier in the season, a lot of experts and other people, just fans, were like, oh, we have to start worrying about the Chiefs. And I was like, ah, shut up. Don't worry about them. They're fine. Because they but, were that team where you just thought they could make every comeback. I mean, we saw it the year they won the Super Bowl. They made every single comeback. You saw them down 24 nothing to the Texans, and you're like, eh, it's just it's just 24 points. They'll, they'll win. And then they won by, like, three scores. I started watching that game, and then I had, you know, a practice for a theater show, after you know, after that. So I had to leave. I saw the Texans up 21 nothing. And, you know, I, I checked my phone an hour or two later and it's like, what? <laughs> right. Did what? 51 to 31 or something like that? It was something it was just ridiculous like, like that. Are you kidding me? Like the Chiefs scored four touchdowns in the second quarter of that game. So, yeah, I, I still think Pat Mahomes is that guy. I still think the Chiefs could be that team, but definitely worry about them. They really need to turn things around. They really need to figure out how to get the offense back on track. I, don't, I think the defense is a lost cause at this point. And getting the offense back on track is going to be really hard. I think that's the only way they make the playoffs is if Mahomes, you could get Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, and you know Clyde slash Darrell Williams slash Derek Gore slash McKinnon all working, you know, operating as good of, as they've been in past years. I think that's the only way that they could make the playoffs. And I just think, I don't think they will. I don't know. I'm worried about them. I think I'm more than worried about them. I don't think they're going to be in the playoffs, but to close out today's episode, we're going to have a couple of game predictions for week 10. Uh, I'll start off. I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns at the new England Patriots. I'm thinking new England's going to win. And it's, I thought it was, it's a little bolder than apparently Vegas does because Vegas favors New England by two points, which doesn't really mean anything. It means it's, what? It means it's a toss-up. 
but I think the Patriots are about to hit their stride. I think their run game, even though they're, they might be lacking Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, I think their run game is still very good no matter who's back there. And Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. Plus their defense with their secondary, J.C. Jackson has still been very good this year. And Bill Belichick, a Bill Belichick-led defense can stop anyone. Yeah, Bill Belichick has showed, showed us two weeks ago you know, we, we predicted that the Chargers would blow out the Patriots. This is the second time they've played each other with Justin Herbert as the starting quarterback, and both times the Chargers have looked awful. So Bill Belichick really just knows how to, you know, uh, discover teams or uh, tone into teams' weaknesses and then take that out of it and, you know, exploit them. And I don't think Baker is as good as a lot of people think he is. I think he's a very average quarterback. Nick Chubb is out. So Dearness Johnson is going to be the man this week. And we saw him, you know, steamroll Denver, but the Patriots, Bill Belichick is so smart. They have a great defense. I don't think it's going to be that easy on the run game this time with Dearness Johnson. So they're going to be forced to pass the ball, I think, a lot. And I just don't think that's going to work. I agree with you. I think the Patriots are going to win this one. But I'm actually surprised that Vegas has the Patriots winning this one. I think the Browns are a stronger team in most people's eyes. It's essentially a toss up when it's, when it's three points or less that the home team is favored by. It it means it could go either way. Yeah, but still, I mean, I know both of them are five and four, but the Patriots, it feels like are just, it feels like they're still the weaker team just because, you know, it does. I I agree. I agree with you, especially after the run the Browns made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that one. A game that I want to talk about that I think is also going to be very close is the Vikings and Chargers game. And I think this is a much bigger game than I think most people think it is. I think this game is the Viking season. This Their season is on the line right here. They're 3-5 and five currently. Kirk Cousins, as a starter on the Vikings, being being the starting quarterback, I don't know why my words are just not coming together, but that's what I meant to say. I think his job on the Vikings is in jeopardy if they can't get rolling this season. And it's just because they can't win games. We're seeing them enter games with, you know, going up early, getting a two-score lead, and then blowing it in the fourth quarter. This has happened four or five times this year. It's just ridiculous. They have talent on the offense. They have some talent on the defense. Not awful coaching. I mean, the coaching hasn't been great. But just in general, they're just choking every game. And the Chargers, like, you know, we've talked about this, Alex, in the past. The Chargers, you know, they're five and three, pretty good record. Justin Herbert's great, but they're not a powerhouse of a team. This is easily a game that the Vikings can win. So I just think this will be a huge game to determine if the Vikings can, you know, put up a fight and try to get somewhere this season. And I think they will win this one but I don't think that they're going to end up having a great rest of the season. So yeah, but I I just think, uh, you know, they'll find a way to win it. I don't know how, but (laughs) I think they will. I think we're watching Kirk Cousins' last season with the Vikings. I think we're watching Mike Zimmer's last season with the Vikings. And as a result, Rick Spielman's last season with the Vikings. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I think they are on a pretty decently even ground with the Chargers, but I think the Chargers are going to use this as a get-right game even more than they did against the Eagles. And I I don't know how close it's going to be. But I've also been wrong on all my blowout uh, 
watch games. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stay not as opinionated on this one. I, I just don't know. I don't. I can't see a blowout at all. I really think the Vikings are fighting for this one, especially if you know if they target Justin Jefferson a lot more, target Adam Thielen, get the ball to Dalvin Cook. This offense could be really unstoppable if they just keep scoring. I don't know why they can't keep scoring. <laughs> it's pretty crazy to me, but you know if they could get an early lead and then somehow not blow it, which is seems pretty impossible for them. If their kicker can make important field goals in the clutch, which is very impossible for the Vikings just historically. That's a curse, I swear. Yeah. That's a curse with the Vikings kickers. Oh, Blair Walsh. That was Blair rough. Walsh. That was rough. <laughs> I liked him, too. I thought he was a great kicker. He was really great for one season, and then it just all went downhill after that Seahawks game. That Being a Vikings fan, that, that game and that season, just such a disappointing way to go out. Such an easy field goal to make. You know, you're playing the Seahawks, who are a good team. But still, I mean, the game was right there. They were they should have won it. So, yeah, very disappointing. And the Vikings just, just, have just been disappointing since then, pretty much. You know, Kirk did have that good playoff run 2019. But still, you know, since then, there's it, not much going on. And I agree with you. I think this is Kirk's last year. But it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, those are our two predictions uh, for this week. A lot of good games, a lot of good things coming up. I think we both can say that this season has been a wild one so far. A lot of news, a lot of headlines. Um, you got anything else you want to talk about, Alex? I am all good, Michael. All good? Okay. Uh, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, please keep tuning in, keep listening. More stuff will be coming out soon. So, yeah. Um, Thanks for listening. Uh, We hope to see you on the next one. Bye-bye.